Good morning, and peace be with you. would like to have you open your bulletins and take out the announcement sheet and point out some things on there that are important. Uh, I don't know that it's on here, but this is, this is important. This next Friday, the 15th, right here at 12, we will have a funeral service for Rosie Kendig. And her son, uh, Bob, uh, will be here. And uh, uh, it'll start at, at noon. And the uh, burial service actually will happen at 2 o'clock. Um, but if you could be here, if you're able to, uh, to celebrate her life uh, with Bob here, it would be a, a wonderful thing, and I thank you. So um, there will be no coffee or lunch or anything like that in this time of COVID. We're doing everything that we can and what's reasonable to mitigate the uh, issues with uh, COVID. And uh, so please uh, prayerfully consider being here in support of Bob and in celebration of his mother. I'm sorry? Twelve. Yes. Okay. So in case you didn't hear that, um, Bob is driving from Tucson, Arizona, and in lieu of flowers, um, don't anyone that has feels moved to make donations or in those things, uh, he would prefer it to be donated to an Alzheimer's Foundation. I suppose there's one uh, nationally, or to Reformation Lutheran Church here, Orange County. Okay. Check with somebody that knows more than your pastor in regards to donations and checks being written out, or write it out to Reformation Lutheran Church with a memo saying uh, where you would like it go direct it there. You guys got to keep me on a short leash. I know you already know that. Okay, the other uh, announcement is the congregation meeting is Saturday, also uh, at noon, and uh, this time, there will not, not be any lunch. Again, it was decided that in uh, an abundance of caution that we, uh, again, want to mitigate the chances of spreading COVID should anyone unknowingly be carrying it, that we would be better off not breaking bread together at this event. So the event will happen here in the sanctuary at noon and we will conduct it in such a way like uh, our uh, uh, services, spacing, temperatures taken, hand washing, grabbing your own uh, bulletin and or pamphlet. So please be here this next Saturday at noon. And then also we will be, you'll notice that the boxes are out there for food, uh, canned food, non-perishables, we will continue to do that, and all the proceeds that we get are going to Lutheran Social Services, as Second Harvest right now is so affected by COVID that they've shut their operations down, but people are still hungry 
and Lutheran Social Services is still meeting that need in our local area, so please consider that. And then also in missions, we, this month, will be uh, taking uh, donations, loose change uh, for Lutheran uh, World Mission Prayer League, World Mission Prayer League, uh, and that, of course, supports missionary families. So those are the things that are fit to tell. Anything else on here, please peruse at your own leisure, and we will get started worshiping with our opening hymn, which is, It Is Well With My Soul.
come together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Whoa. If we... Uh, say that we are without sin. We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's take a moment for silent reflection and prayer. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. 
This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Father in heaven, at the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, you proclaimed him, your beloved son, and anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Make all who are baptized in his name faithful in their calling as your children and inheritors with him of everlasting life. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and can be found on page 1 in your pew Bible. And I'm sure everyone's familiar with this, so all I have to say is God is great. Uh, Genesis 1, 1 through 5. In the, beginning of God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said that light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. We will read Psalm 29 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. Um, here we hear David's prayer where he recognizes and emphasizes the strength of God. Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings, 
Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, all cry, Glory! The Lord gives his t- strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. The epistle this morning is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 1 through 11, and can be found on page 1754 in the Pew Bible. The title of this chapter is Freedom from Sin's Grass. And Paul's letter to us is about how God has given us a new life and a new nature with our baptism. So we're going to read Romans 6, 1 through 11. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. But how can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of his Father, we too may live in a new life. For if we had been united with him in death like his, we certainly will also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self has crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. And excuse me, my phone, I didn't turn it off. Yeah, so where was I? Uh, I'll begin with verse five. For if you have been united with him in death like this, we will certainly be reunited with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death can no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go?
You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Mark, chapter chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. and can be found on page 1551 in the Pew Bible. Mark 1, 4 through 11. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I love the account of the baptism of Christ. I really love the epiphany of God claiming his son and the words that he speaks. A father claiming his son, saying that I love you. I'm well pleased with you. And I love that because that's what God said to me and to you in your baptism. Let's get started. A paradox A paradox is a statement that seems to contradict itself and yet may be true. And the Bible is 
full of paradoxes. Let me give you an example or two. The Son of God is Lord of all, and yet he comes to be our servant. We are by nature sinful, and we therefore lead sinful lives, and yet God declares us holy for Jesus' sake. We are born enemies of God, and yet God adopts us into his family. Today's gospel, well, it has a paradox in it. In the gospel, John expressed this paradox when Jesus came for baptism. He said, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? John, you see, baptized with water for repentance, and the first step of repentance is the acknowledgement of sin. But Jesus is the one and only human being who led a life without sin. In fact, John, the baptizer, he knew that he himself was a sinner. He himself, a sinner who needed to repent. So John was really bewildered by the idea that he, a sinner, would pour the waters of repentance over the head of the only person, the person that he was not worthy of loosening his straps on his sandals. He would pour water over his head, the one who knew no sin. It didn't make sense. It was a paradox. The Apostle Paul explained this paradox with another paradox. Thank you, Paul. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul writes, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of of God. And even though Jesus never sinned, God made him to be sin. How can this be? We struggle with paradoxes of the Bible because of the limitations of our broken bodies of our broken humanity. When God came to the end of the sixth day of creation, according to Genesis 1, 31, he, God, saw everything that he had made. And behold, 
It was very good. And this did include Adam and Eve, the human beings that he had created. Now, sadly, that goodness lasted a very short time. Adam and Eve, they sinned, and they broke the universe. They were no longer very good. They were corrupted, and they passed this corruption to their children, and their children's children, and their children's 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 children until us. That's why we give birth to little sinners. They pass that corruption. The universe and mankind have been corrupted since that very day. That corruption limits our ability to think, to imagine. The epistle reading that we just heard illustrates the limits of that corruption. How? Well, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul had just made a very strong case that salvation is entirely God's work. Whose work is salvation? God's that you and I can contribute nothing to our salvation. Amen? He taught that God's grace increases to cover all of our sins and that our sinful corruption immediately de demonstrates its limits. How? By asking this, should we not sin all the more so that God's grace can continue to increase? Wow, that's childish. This, this question can take many forms. You could say, if God forgives all of my sins, I can sin as much as I want, right? Or, why should people be good if everything is forgiven? Now listen to me for a moment, but these questions assume something that our limited, corrupted thinking doesn't notice, and that's this. They assume that humans believe that there is a benefit to sin, that somehow sin is more than a desirable thing. These questions assume which rightly so, that mankind is by nature sinful and unclean. These questions also assume that the only way to get people to behave is by force. Reward for good and punishment for bad behavior. And it is our corrupt, sin-filled nature, our flesh, 
that is unable to see a good reason for good works other than reward or punishment. Now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Paul anticipated this thinking when he wrote this. What shall I say then? Are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means, exclamation point. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Because Jesus Christ has earned our salvation with his suffering and his death. Because that salvation has been delivered to us by the Holy Spirit through water and word. Because of that, we are dead to sin. We are free from sin. Sin is no longer our master because Jesus Christ has redeemed our corrupted thinking so that we can now understand that there is no benefit to sin. Stay with me. Christ's salvation has freed us from our desire to sin. We now have a desire to do good instead. And that is the reason why we are so frustrated with the sin that still shows up in our lives. Paul then takes us back to the, today's gospel. Through baptism, we are joined to Christ. That is, his life is for us. His death is for us. His resurrection is for us. You see, Jesus came to John the Baptist to be baptized for us. Now, <clears throat> there are several words in the original Greek that can be translated as forgiveness. And one of the words contains the idea and this is more for a visual, I think will help. It helps me. Hopefully it'll help you. But the word contains the idea of actually lifting something up and carrying it away and then putting it down. So when Jesus Christ was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary, the Father lifted the crushing burden of sin away from you and from me, and he laid it on that baby. The great gospel writer of the Old Testament there is gospel in the Old Testament, by the way, but the great gospel writer of the Old Testament, Isaiah, said this in Isaiah 53, 4, 6. You've heard it before. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sor sorrows, yet 
we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All, we like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned, everyone, to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So the paradox of Christ's baptism is solved now. He came to the Jordan as the greatest sinner of all, not because he had ever sinned, but because he carried the sins of the world. The Father made him to be sin, he who knew no sin. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And in his baptism, Jesus stands with us in our baptism. And the Holy Spirit joins us together. Now, repentance recognizes the terror of sin. And although Jesus never sinned, he did carry away the sin of the world. And even though the sin was not his, he still endured the terror of its punishment. He carried and placed your sin on the cross and pinned to that cross that terror that he carried for you and for me caused him to cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he hung there between you and the Almighty, between the Almighty's wrath, the wrath of God's justice. He took that for you and for me. And he took the blows of your sin into himself. He satisfied the perfect eternal justice for God, the one that was required by God of you, and he did it. And the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write this, that we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Jesus has carried your old sinful nature kicking and screaming to the cross. Jesus carried that old sinful nature into death and he left it there when he rose 
from the dead. And therefore you are no longer slaves to sin. God responded to the baptism of Jesus with a great epiphany, as I said in the opening of this. For a brief moment, all three persons of the triune God reveal themselves as the team that they are. We see God the Son that stepped up out of the water. We see God the Holy Spirit descended in a visible form like a dove. And we see God, what we hear, God the Father speak from heaven. And he said, this is my beloved Son whom I love, and I am well pleased. And here we see the unity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the making of a salvation reality. It became real there. The epiphany, the ta-da! Here it is. Salvation. The baptism of Jesus in the Jordan publicly demonstrates that Jesus identifies with sinners. He has come to take the people's place. He has already carried the sin of the world from his conception. But his work, that work, was private. With his baptism in the Jordan, his work of salvation becomes public. The epiphany of the Father and the Spirit, they proclaim his mission to the world. And that is that this Jesus is the innocent sin bearer who will take away your sins and my sins. Now, according to the early church, the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan is the official beginning of Jesus' public ministry. During the process that the early church used to replace Judas, you remember him, right? The one who betrayed him on the night in which he was betrayed? Peter records this in Acts. He says, one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to the resurrection. The baptism of Jesus in the Jordan it points us forward to all the work Jesus did for us. That is, his perfect life, his suffering, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and the work he still does among us as our risen and ascended Lord. It points us forward to our own baptism as a means for the Holy Spirit to deliver salvation unto us. Remember your baptism because that is where in oneness 
in your baptism and my baptism, in togetherness. Not far off, our God, our Savior, was not far off. Jesus is in the water with us and becomes one with us. And he suffers with us. And he died for us. And he begins healing the corruption that limits us. He begins healing the corruption that hides the truth from us. He shows us that he is the sinner's friend and the sinner's savior. And he makes us his own that we may live with him forever. In the name of Jesus, amen. Remember your baptism because you're walking wet still.
Will you please stand if you're able? Let us confess our faith together with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I want to start by uh, sharing where my frame of mind was uh, writing this prayer, and it's, um, I have some experience in being in a small boat in a storm at sea and being seasick, not being able to get off the boat, and not being able to stop the storm. And I think many of us probably feel that way with what's going on today around us. So the only thing we can do is appeal to the one who can stop the storm. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray to God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Father, thank you for sending your Son Jesus to save us from the sins we constantly commit against you. We've become an arrogant nation with leaders who deny you, disrespect you, and seek to silence anyone who worships you or has faith in your Son Jesus' saving grace. We have systematically removed your name, your precepts and commandments, the moral fabric of our nation from our national culture, including our courts, schools, and institutions. We teach our children the same self-centered disrespect and wonder why our country has lost its way. But according to your word in Holy Scripture, this is nothing new to mankind. We certainly deserve all the turmoil, hate, and destruction we face as a nation. But Holy Father, you promised never to abandon us or stop loving us, no matter how far away we run from you. We know your promises are trustworthy, even though ours are not. Please forgive our ignorance and lack of faith. We still listen to Satan as when he spoke in your garden to Eve. We doubt you, especially when we make a mess of things, which is often, and then wonder where you are. Like it was in the beginning for us, we want to be like you when we should be like Jesus and not equate ourselves with you. Please, Holy Spirit, hear our groans and save us from ourselves. Holy Spirit, we know you are within us and point our eyes, hearts, and minds towards our Savior. Please strengthen our faith in our loving Father and replace our fears and anxiety with the peace and certainty of the Lord's love and grace. 
Holy Father, we're truly thankful that if diseases like the COVID virus must exist amongst us and cause harm, that unlike limitations of the recent past, you have enabled us to discover the science, technology, and capability to create medicines, procedures, and equipment to limit the damage and spread of disease. We're also thankful that you have enabled us to discover and produce technologies that we can use to interact with one another remotely without risking harm to others. Holy Spirit, please guide and encourage us to use our modern communication technologies and media for the good of all, rather than as a soapbox for Satan to spread his lies, doubts, and deceit. Today, we witness the use of social media, mainstream media commentators, and other communication tools to spread evil. We especially pray that you would help us properly educate our children about the danger of depending upon anonymous or self-described experts on social media for news and opinions that only serve to sow distrust and destroy innocence. We need your help, Holy Spirit, because our own personal sins cloud our sight and ability to do what is right in the Father's eyes. We continue to pray for our current president and the president we will inaugurate in a couple of weeks. No one leads a nation for long without your approval. As we move into our future as a country, we plead for you to provide divine wisdom for those we elect. Please protect us from our enemies, both within and outside our nation's borders, and protect all who serve in our military, police, law enforcement agencies, medical professionals, and fire and paramedics, all who place the welfare of others above their own. We continue to bring into the light, please continue to bring into the light, those who are corrupt, hypocritical, or otherwise serve themselves rather than our citizens. Please help us remove from office those whom you have identified as unworthy of our trust. Protect our nation from our sinful decisions and restore us to be a light in the world. Holy Father, thank you for this wonderful congregation of believers in Christ and our pastor who leads us in the one true faith. Please keep us healthy in our minds and bodies and strong in our faith, especially as we face the trials of disease and uncertainty in our everyday lives. Regardless, thank you for the certainty of our future with you. Thank you for your King David reminding us in Psalm 23 that though we are today walking in the valley of the shadow of death, that you are with us, you do comfort us, and you save us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving us from our own sins against our Holy Father and one another. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace responsibly at a distance.
Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts, and with them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord sharing our life. He lived among us to reveal your glory and love, that our darkness should give way to his own brilliant light. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now together pray the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. His body given, his blood shed. Him, his work, not yours, not mine. Thank you, Lord. 
This is for all who believe, all who have been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The table is prepared. The ushers will bring you up.
myself being very grateful today for the gifts that God has given me and those who I love and those who I'm looking out at, a God that forgives and is forgiving even when I'm not, when he's not, a God who understands when maybe I don't, a God who speaks love, especially when I don't. These are tough times right now. God would call on us to love. To love like Jesus loves. To look at people the way that he looks at them through his eyes. And that just doesn't happen through our will alone. It happens through prayer and supplication. And when we don't look or we don't speak or we don't think well, the Holy Spirit, it's almost like a smoke alarm in there. You hear that beep, 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 and that's what I was saying. It's when we know we've sinned, and what do we do? We repent. 
We ask for forgiveness and we try to turn around, we hand it to God, and we get ready to do it again. May this be your daily routine. May this be my daily routine. As we sin, we repent, we, are, we confess that absolution sweeps over it because that's his promise. May this be our reaction in all things, at all times, especially now. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And we're going to go out of this thing in style as soldiers off to war, the battle hymn of the Republic. Sing the